0: 2nd Kings chapter 7. If you will, let's look at verse 3. 2nd Kings 7 verse 3 through 8. There were four leprous men at the entering end of the gate. They said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? Verse 4. If we say we'll enter into the city, then the famine is in the city and we shall die there. If we sit still here we also die now therefore come and let's fall into the host of the syrians if they save us we live and we shall live if they kill us we shall die and they rose up in the twilight in verse 5 to go into the camp of the syrians come to the uttermost part of the camp of Assyria. behold there was no man there in other words the count was empty nobody there Verse 6, the reason, for the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots, noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. They said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and they fled in the twilight, and they left their tents and their horses, their asses even the camp, as it was, and fled for their life. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent, and they did eat and drink, and carried thence silver and gold and raiment, and they went and hid it. It came again, and they entered another tent, and they carried thence also and they went and hit it. No one left behind this theme. Got to thinking about praying about the theme. Thought of that creed, no one left behind. A universal creed that's shared by every firefighter and policeman and soldier in America. Whenever they go out on a mission, when it comes to their own, when they come back, this creed kicks in no one's going to be left behind we're going to make sure that everyone comes back now to understand the passage we just read we have to understand the history of that passage let me share briefly about that history king david had died his kingdom then was passed on to his son solomon solomon had died he's dead There was a revolt that took place in the kingdom of David. The kingdom of Solomon was divided into two kingdoms. You had the southern kingdom, which was known as Judah. And you had the northern kingdom, which is known as Israel. That's what we're reading about, Israel, the northern kingdom. That's where the siege was taking place with the Syrians. So Israel was under siege by the Syrian army. The city, the entire city of Israel was surrounded by this massive army. All the supplies for Israel was cut off. Even to the point there was no food in the city. There was no water in the city. People were literally starving to death. And we'll see that a little more uh, clearer in just a few minutes. They were just starving to death. They were in deep trouble. The whole nation, the entire nation was starving to death. There was no way out. There was no escape. God's people were surrounded by the most powerful army in the world at that time, the Syrian army. Flight was impossible. They couldn't run. Fight was out of the question. They were just outnumbered. And fright... Fright appeared to be the only option they had. Now, outside the city walls, there set four lepers. Now, the lepers were outside those walls because of their disease, because of leprosy. They had been ostracized from the rest of the people. They had been uh, quarantined. We're hearing a lot about that lately. They'd been quarantined because of their sickness, and they were put outside the walls. So you have these four lepers, and while everyone's starving to death on the inside, no food, no water, these four lepers are sitting on the outside, probably kicked back, leaning up against the wall. These lepers kindly surveyed the situation, and they realized that they had three options. Look, if you will, at verse 3. Verse, chapter 7, verse 3. There were four lepers, lepers men. They're sitting at the gate. They said one to another, why should we sit here and die? Now, here's the options. If we say we'll enter into the city, then the famine's in the city, and we're going to die there. If we sit here, we're going to die. Now, let's come and let's fall into the host of the Syrians. Let's surrender And if they save us alive, then we'll live. And if they kill us, we're going to die. So, you know, that's really the way it's going to be. That's our only, really, hope. Stay here and do nothing, we're going to die. Stand and go into the city, we're going to die. Surrender. We may be spared and live, or we may be killed and die. So... It was a decision made, number one, if you take a notes, A decision made. They decided, hey, we're going to surrender. We're going to surrender, and they made their way to the Syrian camp. And on their way, they knew, going on to that camp, they were going to live, or they were going to die. Second Kings chapter 7, verse 5. They arose twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians, and when they come to the uttermost part of the camp of the Syrians, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of great hosts. They said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites, the kings of the Egyptians, to come upon us. So they said, We're going to surrender. But when they got to the camp, God had done the un- the unexpected. God had done the, the impossible. He still does that today. He does the unexpected today. He does the impossible today. When you don't think it's impossible, you, you just haven't figured God into the situation. But he does the unexpected. He does the impossible. And so what he did was he sent this, Kyle and Jenny, this invisible angel army sang about that just sent this angel army into this camp called the syrians to flee they left behind all their food all their money all their silver all their gold all their clothes they left behind everything that god's people needed so first you had a decision secondly you have this great discovery if you'll notice all of a sudden these four lepers realized hey man we went into the first tent And man, they hit pay dirt. I mean, so to speak, they were millionaires. Lepers, one minute, living in luxury the next moment. they Go into the tent. There's all of this food and all this money, all this silver, all this gold, all these clothes. All of a sudden, they went from lepers to luxury. They were living it up. They were excited. They were eating all this great food, just cramming it in, no doubt, drinking all this fresh water, wearing all this new jewelry, all, this, all these clothes. I mean, they had never had it so good. They were so excited. Now, here's a big question that came to their mind. What about those in the city that we left behind? What about those without food? What about those without water? What about those without clothes? What about those that have nothing when we have it so good here? What do we do about those we've left behind? So these lepers had to face a question that every Christian has to face from the very moment we receive the riches of God, His mercy, His forgiveness, eternal life, a place called heaven. Those great riches that God bestows upon us when we we trust Him to be our Lord and Savior? We're faced with the same question, perhaps. You remember when someone told you how to be saved? You remember when someone shared with you how you could be a part of the, the riches of God? And you could have forgiveness of your sins and you could experience God's mercy and His forgiveness? You remember when someone shared the riches of God with you? Maybe you've never thought of it that way. Maybe you've never thought of it this way, that you were one time a sinful leper. Sinful. Sin-sick leper. Then all of a sudden, coming to know Christ, you struck pay dirt. All of a sudden, you begin to receive the riches of heaven, God's forgiveness, God's mercy, God's grace, God's eternal life. So this brings about point number three. There's a big dilemma here. What about those in the city who are not aware of the riches that are available? So you have a decision, stay here and die, go in or die, or go out. Possibly live. Then you have a discovery and all those riches. Now you've got this dilemma. What about all of those who are without the riches inside the walls? So the question is do they share the riches they discovered or do they just keep them to themselves? See, we're kind of faced with the same question today, aren't we? Yeah. Do we share what we've discovered through Jesus Christ or we just kindly keep it to ourselves? Here's the point. I found out, sadly to say in my own personal life, that the longer you and I are Christians, the less concerned we are about the people inside the walls. You see, the devil gets us uh, so busy inside our own little world taking care of our own family and our own stuff and our own money and doing everything, but sharing the good news, sharing the riches, the, the godly riches that we've experienced with those who are left behind. So there's a principle we need to remember. Please jot this down. Here's the principle and here's the point that when you make a discovery of something that can benefit others in need with that discovery comes the responsibility to let others know about it so they won't be left behind remember i I can remember and older you older ones remember i can remember going to rockwood school late one afternoon and there was a line there was such a long line and this person had come up with a new discovery It was a vaccine for polio. It was just a little sugar cube. And you walked by, and they took an eyedropper, and they put some purple-looking, purple drop of medicine on it. and, And what was so terrible at the time, and everyone was dreading, and some of you have family members who were afflicted with polio, but here was just a sugar cube with this medicine, and it just... to rid polio altogether. Now let me ask you a question. Am I aware of those who are left behind? Ask yourself that question. Am I aware of those who do not have the riches of God that I'm aware of, that I know, that I experience in my life? Let's look back a chapter to 2 Kings chapter 6 as we kind close out. 2 Kings chapter 6, look at verse 24. It came to pass, let's just kindly walk and see what was going on inside those walls. It came to pass after this that ben king of Syria gathered all the host and went up and besieged Syria. There was a great famine in Samaria and behold they besieged it. And an ass's head was sewed for four score pieces of silver, about 50 bucks. And the fourth part of a cab of dove's dung, dove's manure, for five pieces of silver. And you won't know how bad it got inside the gate. The only thing they had to eat was a donkey head. I say a donkey head burger can you imagine that a donkey head burger and they were fifty dollars a piece can you imagine going to a restaurant inside the city of jerusalem there and ordering? I believe i'll have a donkey head but but hold the dub manure if you don't mind <laughs> that's how serious it was but things got worse look at verse 28 the king said unto her what, ale- what aileth thee? She answered, This woman said unto me, Give thy son that we may eat him today, and we will eat my son tomorrow. Verse 29, So we boiled my son, and we did eat him, and I said unto her on the next day, Give thy son that we may eat him. And she went and hid her son. That already turned to cannibalism. That's pretty bad behind the wall. You see, hunger is the world's greatest social problem today and people, I've discovered, without God are hungry and they're starving desperately. And the reason why people try drugs and sex and alcohol and feed off of each other's violence and war and rape and murder is that they've been eating the wrong kind of food. You know, we know that there's a physical hunger problem in the world today. Half the world, some say even three-quarters of the world, go to bed hungry. But there's even a greater famine that's taking place. A famine that affects every nation in the world. And Amos spoke about this famine in Amos chapter 8, verse 11. Listen to God's word. Amos says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, but not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the word of God. That's the famine we're in now. So, friend, you can believe one of two things about the situation our world's in right now. First, you can believe that the primary problem of our world is physical in nature and can be solved with physical means. Everything going on, I don't have time to repeat everything that's going on, but you can say that's all physical and all that can be solved by physical means. Or you can believe that the primary problems in our world today are spiritual and can only be solved by spiritual means. One or the other. But I suggest to you today that we could feed everybody in the world three meals a day, the rest of their lives. We could put a new car in everybody's garage. Years ago, they said a turkey in every pot. We could clothe everybody with the most fashionable clothes that we could find, and it would still not solve the problems of war and rape and murder and terrorism because they're not physical problems, they are spiritual problems. Now as we continue, look at verse 26 in chapter 6. Verse 26, chapter 6, 2 Kings. Well... Look at, I'm sorry, I'm back in Amos. Let me go back. Verse 26. As the king of Israel was passing by upon the wall, there cried a woman unto him, saying, Help my Lord, O king. Verse 27. He said, If the Lord did not help thee, whence shall I help? Even the king in 2 Kings 6 had enough sense to recognize there were some problems that only God could solve. Problems in the church that only God can solve. There's problems in the community that only God can solve. There's problems in our nation. There's problems in the world that only God can solve. Now, think about the situation just for a moment as we close. Surrounded by the world's largest army, no food, no water, no escape. So, what do you do? What do you do? King, help us. Well, let's throw money at the problem. (laughs) That couldn't couldn't buy their way out of those walls. Or let's influence, let's use our influence with the Syrians. They didn't have any influence. Sound familiar? Let's let's talk to the government. Let's go to the government for help. Oh, King, do something. Well, government was part of the problem. Let's try education. Maybe more education. Well, any kind you want, but that's not gonna help the problem. You know what they needed more than anything? They needed a word from God. Now let me ask you a question. Are you aware of the people that are around you? Are you aware of the people that's in the gate, in the, but on the other side of the walls, those that are hungry and desperate and need one thing that only Jesus Christ can give them, and that's the riches that God has to offer you aware of those people over there? Do you realize that inside the gate are those people that are desperately hurting and guess, desperately needing something in their life? You know, when we leave the church today, and perhaps in whichever direction you drive, we're going to drive past houses. And we drive past them perhaps every day that are filled with people who are hungry and starving, who are who are desperate in desperate need of God's grace, His forgiveness, His love, and His mercy. Every direction we go, we find people. You are aware that the people that you work with and associate with, and the classmates that you have in school, are living lives are just uh, of cold desperation. Marriage is falling apart. Children's or their children are have turned and you know as far as they know their children are going to hell and they're lonely and they're desperate. That's the ones that need the riches that God has to offer. Well a decision was made. A discovery was made. (laughs) They were faced with a dilemma. Do I keep the riches to myself or do I share with the the riches of God, God's grace to those who are starving for his mercy and grace and forgiveness and eternal life. Don't forget the principle. When you discover something that can benefit others, then we have the responsibility to let others know about it. Bow your heads just a moment as we close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity that we've had just to focus upon four lepers that spoke to our hearts. Thank you for your word. Thank you for allowing us to know that, Lord, as your people, we have your riches. Help us not just to keep them to ourselves, but to be willing, Lord, today to offer those to other people. Lord, that we might lead others to Calvary, to Christ. Help us, Lord, to share our own personal testimony of what we've experienced in Christ and Lord there are people houses everywhere they're going through a very very difficult time right now and we have something Lord to share with them that can change their lives that can give them hope where there's no hope help us Lord we pray to make a commitment today Lord to be willing to share the riches that we have in Christ Jesus And we make this prayer in Jesus' name, amen.